I'm Charlie Taylor. I'm Ben Carter. I head up Hip Hop by the Numbers on Twitter, where I use hip hop statistics to highlight the bigger picture. And I'm Lee Dental of the Fifth Element, where I highlight the Fifth Element of Hip Hop, which is knowledge. And welcome to Digging in the Digits. Morning, Mr. Carter. Uh, good evening, slash morning, Charlie. How are you today? I am good. You think Mr. Carter's that uh, people get confused with Jay Z or, or your father, maybe? Uh, or little, little Wayne as well. You know, it's a it's a deep hip hop lineage that runs um, in my family. <laughs> <laughs> you you heard it here first, guys. Jay Z is Ben's dad. Um, <laughs> no way. <laughs> Uh, so, what have you been blasting this past week? Because I'm very, I'm very, I really want to know this week because I've listened to a lot this past uh, few days, honestly. Well, I, for me. I wanted to listen to a lot too, but all I could listen to was Tyler the Creator's album. I couldn't, I can't turn it off. I, uh, it's just incredible. I, I can't stop listening. I had a feeling. Oh, I had man. a feeling. I wanted to get to Carlid, but I, I it was just never gonna. Ha- I was I was watching John Wick three on Friday. I saw John Wick three, oh, which oh, is, is oh yeah, how's oh, that? Oh my gosh, mate! It's eighty yeah. percent of it is just violence, but oh. it is one of the most engaging movies I've ever seen. He kills over a hundred people, I swear. And it, <laughs> I, I was just sitting on the edge of my seat. I went alone. I, I wish I'd yeah. gone with someone so I could just be like, "Did you see that?" Because <laughs> <laughs> so then I'm driving home mm. and I needed a palate cleanser, so I just mm. put on I put on Eagle and oof. yeah, that is a very that's a very yeah that's a very uh, tip the scales kind of. <laughs> have you did you give it a spin? I have not given it a spin. Okay, um, okay. It's, I'm kind of adding it to the very long list of stuff I need to listen to. Same with other like you know, same with TV shows I need to review. I've, I've got like loads of stuff. <laughs> I got a see you. I think it's like see you yesterday. It's like this uh, Netflix film that dropped recently. I have to watch that to review. Okay. Uh, I got like she's got have it coming in a couple of weeks. That's, that's silly. So like, music wise, I mean the whole title creator discography. I kind of need to just. Just, just, I need to just dedicate like a couple of days just to rinse through and just like see what I like, see what I don't like. Because obviously it's very, it's getting very, uh, uh very different uh, from 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 Goblin to now. It's, it's obviously been a, a bit of a roller coaster uh, musically. So uh, I'm I'm excited to see how that's going to pan out. And also listen to the dissect uh, podcast of it as well. But um, as I've you know what I've listened to recently, it's been um. Again, it's uh, same similar to you actually in terms of like palate cleansing. <laughs> it's actually been quite weird. So, I think I started off a weekend with like uh, Jamila Woods' new records. Uh, that was oh, a very cool. Chicago Chicago R&B artist. Uh, she's amazing. Yeah. Uh, Legacy, Legacy. If, if you haven't listened, if any of you haven't listened to that, good R&B, good Chicago R&B. I actually made a hot take. Don't know if you saw it. That um, next decade, Chicago is going to be the next uh, next one up. Uh, in terms of like dominating US hip hop scene, I did so see I that. Like a, yeah, I feel. I, feel, I mean, I'm. It's, it's a hot take. It's a hot take. So you know, I'm not exactly holding it to myself, but you know, I feel like uh, Chicago has some good things going on. You go, you got No Name, got Smino, got uh, Saba, now you got Jamila Woods. Like, it's got a good core going on there. So in the next ten years, yeah, no, next decade, I can see that. You know, so uh, after that, I listened to uh, Slow Tie, who's a um, 
uh, British artist uh, from Northampton, and uh, yeah, his album is um, I, I I don't know how to describe it. Um, well, there's a way I could describe it, but I don't think it'd be relevant to many people. But um, it's very br- it's very brash. Uh, yeah, it's very brash. Uh, just uh, that's the best word I give it. And then I went to Megan The Stallion. Who, oh, uh, how was that? I haven't heard. Obviously, she, I've I've never wanted this. This may sound weird, but I've never wanted to be a woman so much. Like, really? I, if I, I was I was like listening to this going, man, if I was a woman, I'd be popping. I'd be popping all shapes for this. <laughs> it's so wow. great. I actually really enjoyed it. To be completely honest, like it's just. I get it. I get it. It's it's completely just out there. It's like you know just. Oh man, it's, it's, that's awesome! I usually don't like that kind of music, but um, it, 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 she she spoke to me like uh, you know she had Juicy G on one track, which oh, is which is quite a good uh, collab. Oh, she's yeah. she's from that area, so um, yeah, it's quite good. Duckworth Wu Tang Clan EPs, um, finally listed to Rudimentals new album, and also Poldor, who's a good uh, instrumental artist for me. So um, yeah, we've <laughs> damn, we actually spent five minutes talking about that. So anyway, <laughs> you've let's been get to the actual show itself. You've been <laughs> you know? listening widely. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, I was, I, just, I was excited. I, wanted, I have listened to a lot, um, so I feel quite proud of myself when I do that. So, um, anyway, uh, today's topic uh, is uh, well, we're actually taking it. Um, we, we've actually been talking about it, and uh, it's, we're taking it. We're starting off a bit broad from more like uh, you know what us two personally, uh, you know, value in terms of what we listen to, you know, hip hop wise, and, and you know what the content of the uh, subject matter is uh but we're also going to dive more deeper you know during in probably like you know the further part of the show for most part of the show into mental health in hip-hop because obviously uh ben is actually very um, very rehearsed in the topic has was, written was written about it a couple of times i'll drop those i'll drop a couple of links to um his uh is a uh, statistical post about uh, Kanye's Yay and also Kids See Ghosts. I'll drop that in the description for you guys. And um, yeah, so we're talking about uh, mental health in hip hop and also and mainly how prevalent it has been in the past. Um, not even not even like decade, but I'd say like the past five years, more yeah. more 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 or less, has been yeah. you know a real groundswell of um, of just uh, vulnerability in one word. Vulnerability is a great word obviously the emotional rap category has come up. And so I think, yeah, the last five years specifically has, has seen, as you say, a groundswell. But I, to your point, what I'd like to talk about... So I'm going to preface this by saying that, um, you know, I'm a white guy who lives in Sydney. So whilst I listen to, <laughs> you know, just off the rip, that's that's where i'm coming from when i listen to hip hop so but i also believe that hip hop is one of the most flexible what is the most flexible genre in terms of content because there's just so much scope to basically talk about whatever you want to talk about now my lived experience and my most prevalent most important part of my life is my own mental health struggles so the way that i connect with music on this deep level is when artists, rappers, musicians are speaking about all different kinds of aspects of mental health. And obviously art is very subjective and a lot of art mm-hmm. is uh, intentionally, I guess, not fo- not as focused. You know, lyrics can be interpre- interpreted in, in so many different ways. And so when I, for an, a good example is when I listen to Can I Live by Jay-Z. And, you know, that song is about uh, the guilt that he feels uh, being, 
you know, I, I don't want to place any, uh, st- I know statute of limitation exists, but Jay-Z was a drug dealer. And so he's basically saying, look, I feel guilt about <sighs> what I'm doing. I feel guilt about what I'm doing in, in my community. And, uh, but this is, this is the life that I have to live. This is the life that I want to live because I, I don't want to be stuck in poverty and I want to lift my, my people and my family and my community up. But I feel mm-hmm. so much guilt because I'm, I'm selling drugs. Like I'm, I mm-hmm. might be hurting people. And he's basically like, can I, can I live? And, but you know, the way that I listen to that is, can I live? Like I'm being hampered by mental health issues. Like this is completely separate from Jay-Z's message, but it connects yeah. with me in a different way. And I've filtered it through a different way. So what mm. was, what's become really incredible to me, especially when I first listened to Kanye West's Yay, was like, Kanye West is talking about things like explicitly talking about things that I've been going through. And that was the first album that I've actually listened to. And uh, man, I was crying. I'm listening to this like that. Oh, seven. Oh, I think that's how you say her name. Shake at the end of, I think violent crimes. And she's like the way that she's singing at the end of that is just touching my soul. And I thought it's, it's interesting that I've had to kind of find these random pockets of hip hop since I was 13 years old to connect to. Um, because hip hop is the most flexible genre. And I wonder how other people really connect to the messages in hip hop. And this is the broad uh, aspect that we're talking about is, yeah. you know, hip hop is a very niche uh, genre when it, when it began and it was, yeah. um, uh, you know, it didn't have a huge wide, the huge wide audience it does now, but it's grown yeah, exactly. that audience through the nineties, the two thousands and the 2010s. So the, yeah. you know, I've just explained how I connect to hip hop in that way. Now I'm interested to see Charlie, how you have connected to hip hop. Um, it's interesting. You say that in terms of, you know, how, you know, the popularity of hip hop has obviously grown exponentially especially this this century because i feel like that is a that is a thing that is rarely rarely talked about in terms of uh, you know subject matter in uh, in the overall in the overall sense of what rappers talk about because obviously you know when hip-hop started originally it was you know just a you know party vibe taking disco records and then just scratching them up you know just mixing them and obviously that's a very party vibe. But then came stuff like, you know, Grandmaster Flash talking about, you know, the message and, uh, you know, having to batter rats in their, in their apartment, stuff like that. And, you know, rubbish everywhere and stuff like that. It was obviously very New York centric. It's, it's very, that, was, that stuff was very central, you know, and only made sense if you lived in America. Well, not in America, in, in New York in those times. So obviously that's very past us from you living in Australia and me living in the UK it's yeah. obviously different I've never had a I've never had a rat in my house I fucking knows what I'd do <laughs> if a rat was in my house I'd move out that yeah. route that, that that I'd give the deed over to that rat it's yours now it's all yours <laughs> have it um so you know obviously in those in those cases very early on the subject matter was very enclosed to um close to if you were in New York, then you know, then you know what they're talking about, and obviously extended to people in the South that talked about Southern stuff, and then West Coast talked about West Coast stuff. 
And then came the, I'd say, you know, millennium, new millennium, uh, talk, you know, 2000s uh, around that area. And obviously it became more popular and more world, uh, world encapsulating. And I think something that needs to be realised that now because it is truly world, worldwide and is, you know, statistically is, you know, worldwide in a popularity sense... There's there's more incentive to for other people from other places to talk about the same to talk about what they're talking about and it's also and you know this is this is music as a whole this is uh, you know stories and you know what people see from day to day the reason why people in the UK love you know Oasis so much is because they're talking about what you know UK stuff and you know, cigarettes and alcohol da 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 da. You know, they're talking about what they're talking about, and people in the UK can relate to that. Now, as it pertains to me personally, uh, talking from talking from a hip hop perspective, the re- the things that connect to me in my mind are always stuff that I think if I think it's always stuff that I don't know. I think that's why I enjoy the most. You know, hearing these stories, and the reason mm. why I enjoy hip hop so much is. As a, as a screenwriter, anyway, as a person who creates, who tries to create stories for a living, hearing these stories from these extraordinary people, yeah, you know, doing doing, you know, frankly, quite extraordinary things sometimes is That's kind it. of, it adds to my fascination. It adds to it's it's kind of like a, it's it's like a extremely real fairy tale in a way where, obviously, for me, it's I'm not going to sell crack in my in my life. Hope. I hope not, <laughs> but you know, I've never, I've never done that. I've never done that kind of thing. I've never pervaded in that. I don't, I, I, I don't know half of the shit that Freddie Gibbs or Pusha T talks about. You know, from from uh, from a first person perspective. So you know, I have to go on genius for that and look up. Oh, oh, right. So that's what a brick is. Yeah. So um, it's, it's stuff like that. But for me, it's always the stuff like that where I don't know what it is. Gives me that reason to you know, look into it and to absorb what's going and what's, in the words of Marvin Gaye, what's going on. And, yeah, I mean, I mean, putting it simply, that's kind of it for me. You know, there's obviously other genres can do that, but hip-hop do it in, you know, overall in such clarity and in such, you know, um, and putting so many words into a three-minute, three-minute, four-minute song just blows my mind sometimes when I hear something like a um for example like a immortal techniques a dance with the devil Mm-mm-mm. that is that is the most that is the most uh, dense piece of storytelling I've ever heard and actually just makes me want to stop listening honestly halfway through because because it actually has a twist at the end and it fucked me up the first time I heard it fuck me up and I don't there's not many songs in any other genre that can do that to me so you know yeah just uh putting it simply uh for me personally it's this it's the stories and also just the educational aspect of um of what some of the artists I listen to talk about I think that was perfect the way you described the fact that you know the the stories and stuff like that I mean like I'm thinking back to why when I first started listening to hip hop and and just how I guess in awe I am of just the people who were, who were who were talking about this and their strength and the 
incredible stories and the incredible life experiences they've gone through that I've never, I, I'm privileged, I'm very, very privileged in this country and with my skin color and with my gender. So I've never had to go and fight and struggle the way they have. And the way that they yeah. paint those pictures so vividly is just awe-inspiring sometimes. Not not yeah. sometimes, like all the freaking time. Yeah. And when you yeah. hear these stories, they drag you into this world that this is yeah. their life. This is this is what they've grown up in. This is all they've they've known when they were kids and teenagers. And I'm sitting there like, how did you do that? I, I, I can't believe that you're rapping to me on a CD that I paid $20 for, but you came from that. Like, I don't know if mm. I, I would have given up maybe. I don't know. So that's a great... I mean, that's that's certainly how I always viewed hip-hop when I was younger and, and all the way up until my late 20s. It was more... I, I'm not going to say entertainment because I think that diminishes the importance of, of the messages and the stories that they've been conveying. I think it was knowledge. Like, they would... They would you know rappers have taught me about another side of life that i've never you know thank god i've never had to experience it because it's yeah. you know it's it's tough it's freaking tough and i'm i'm very lucky not to have had that but i'm also very lucky that hip hop exists to have taught me about that and given me so much scope for personal growth firstly and the ability to understand that you know the world exists way outside of my realm like way way outside and and hip hop introduced that to me when I was thirteen. So I had my whole teenage years to sit with this while I was, you know, forming my own personality and and recognize. Yeah. So I think that is how I certainly consumed hip hop. And it, it's a little bit of of what you said, like with the stories. And I guess when I first started to go through mental health issues was when I first started to think of, you know, maybe not parallels, but think well I could listen to these lyrics a little bit differently like I could listen to where I'm from by Jay-Z and you know he's it's like I'm from the dirt as well like in my own way not 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 saying that it's the same or comparable to what Jay-Z and his contemporaries have gone through but like Mm -hmm. I'm listening to it with new ears and so Mm -hmm. I was doing that for a few years and then when when Kanye's album came out um again like and then Kids See Ghost came out and I was just like, wow. And then Tentacion came out. And I was like, again, I was like, wow, these guys are speaking about this, the stuff that I've lived now. Like, they're actually talking about severe mental health issues. And that was when I first felt the whole, I guess, and I, again, I, I, I don't want to draw comparisons because I don't know. But this maybe is how the communities that these rappers have come from originally feel when they hear rappers like i remember jay-z saying that at uh during fade to black he was like watching people in the crowd like he's he called them like you know real strong powerful people in the crowd just crying to his lyrics people he never thought would ever you know you wouldn't think that they would be crying and he's like they were bawling their eyes out because they connected with the message that i was giving them like i and and i felt that with kanye i felt that with kanye and so I guess that's why this is a topic that's so close to home because music is so powerful and it's been, you know, hip hop's been so powerful for me. And now I'm actually seeing, as you say, you know, it's in the last five years, I've got stats from the last three years that this has actually started to become more mainstream, definitely more mainstream. Yeah, I think uh, from when you talked about, um, uh, what was it? 
Well, actually, well, I was, I was actually listening to a, a podcast recently of uh, Jamel Hill talking to uh, Common, who recently dropped a book. And in the book, he actually talked about being uh, molested by a member of his, I think oh, it was a member yeah. of his family. I did hear about uh, a little that, snip, yeah. a little, yeah, it's a little snippet of that. And they actually kind of, we, we said, uh, I've, I've, I've literally just heard it, <laughs> what did you just say? Uh, basically, when you're talking about, uh, yeah, we're talking about Jay-Z and obviously people crying and stuff like that. I think it's something similar to that, linking that to Common right now. Um, it's something that, in that particular part of like the black community that in America, that is very, there's something that's very, uh, that the, the black community in the U S are aware of, but they don't talk about it. I think that's kind of what this whole thing is about, you know, in terms of what we're talking about for this episode is the kind of the taboo, the taboo of it, you know, talking about, you know, as I said, the start of vulnerability and just, um, being willing to put it on wax. Cause, I think it's it's always something that um, we, I don't want to say take for granted or anything, but it's something that is sometimes, that sometimes falls on deaf ears of how hard it can be for us to put, you know, these things, these deeply personal, personal things on onto a track and, you know, drop it as part of a, as part of an album or whatever, or whatever it's part of. Um, so I think, you know, first of all, that's something that is, you know, I'll, I'll speak for you as well, that we recognise that, you know, it doesn't have to be about mental health or anything else. It can be about, you know, some violence or, you know, what happened in this, what happened in your communities or whatever, and your families specifically. You know, when artists talk about those kind of things, those real personal things, it's something that is has to be commended for regardless of if you like the track or not so you know i was reading i was reading what you uh were talking about on you know kanye's yay and while i didn't personally you know rate the album uh rate the god damn it i said album it's an ep uh well i didn't rate the pro- well, i didn't rate the project myself uh, <laughs> i completely you know i completely understand from a you know from a uh, from a content perspective, why someone like you or you know um someone else dealing with these kind of things you know, uh, can, uh, mag, uh, what's the word? Gravitate to the gravitate to it so much. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's it's there's 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 liking a piece of music for what it is, but then there's also respecting the fact that you know someone put that kind of subject matter out there. So, you know, I just wanted to put that out there. No, you made some great points, especially about how not recognizing how hard it is. What I noticed with Kanye's album, so. Just a quick statistic is that it is 18.3% about mental health. So 18.3% of Kanye's bars are about mental health. And I went back over every number one album uh, in hip-hop prior, uh, from 2017 until Ye dropped. And that was the highest by a long way. I think uh, J. Cole's KOD was 9.3%. XXXTentacion's question mark was 9.2%. So... With regards to how how difficult it is, I'm gonna like give a little bit of lived experience with this because back in 2014, uh, I was suffering from anorexia and exercise addiction, and I had like a little blog that was doing okay, and I wrote a story on it. And a TV show in Australia called The Project contacted me and said, "Do you want to come on and do a piece on anorexia and exercise addiction on screen? We'll do a do an episode on it." 
And I said, yeah, yeah, man, I'll, I'll do that for sure. And look, I didn't think that hard about it. Like, I just was like, I'm going to do this because I think it's an important story to tell. I think a lot of people don't understand that men suffer from anorexia. So I did it. Um, and I got a great response in the, the week or two after it happened. But what I noticed was that people started treating me a lot different in my personal life. And I lost one specific group of friends um, because of it. Uh, and it wasn't it wasn't them outright saying to me, Ben, you're a weirdo now. You know, we don't want to talk to you. It was, you know, ostr- being ostracized, not being invited to things, uh, being pushed onto the outer. So I guess I was, I was taken aback by that because I was like, man, I don't understand why this is happening. Like, well, well I can't be vulnerable. I can't, I can't be in pain. I can't be, you know, struggling with stuff. I, I don't get it. Mm. What I've, what I've experienced then over the, the, the pre, the, the, the next five years is that there's a lot of power in being honest about what you're going through, but it mm. is absolutely freaking terrifying to do because the risk of rejection, like if you're suffering from a mental illness, you're already in a fragile, vulnerable state. Yeah. And there is the, whenever you open yourself up in any situation, whether it's in a relationship, whether it's whatever, if you expose some form of vulnerability, you are now opening yourself to the capability of being hurt. If you're going to expose like 10 years of severe mental health issues to people that you really care about, there's a real opportunity for them to hurt you and and that's hard to deal with if you're in a vulnerable and fragile state. So the point the reason I'm making this point is specifically about Kanye and specifically about why that album touched me so much because you know we all see Kanye wilding out and and going a bit crazy on TMZ or whatever he's doing and we're just like man what are you what are you doing? But every single single thing that Kanye has done has made sense to me because you know, I tweeted out like when I was coming off medication, if I had 28 million followers on Twitter, some of the stuff I was tweeting was wild. It was totally insane. And mm. everyone would be like, man, Ben's lost his head. Like, why is he mm. saying all this crazy stuff? Mm. I'm like, man, because I'm, cra- I'm crazy. I'm, I'm aware of the fact that I have a mental health issue, but I can't do anything about it right now. And so for Kanye to actually put all that on wax and... Look, I've heard some some people talk, like especially Joe Budden uh, on the Joe Budden podcast, about thinking that it was probably a cynical move, or maybe people, you know, people were saying that Kanye was using mental health to sell records or to explain, you know, his behavior and stuff like that. Man, none of us know Kanye. We, we're not in the room with Kanye when he's doing this stuff. We can't. It's it's really unfair to judge that. And what I will say is, from someone who has experienced this and who has a lot of close friends who have experienced it too because that's what we do we kind of like gather people who are similar to us it seems really authentic and so that's why i think that album i hope in time it will become a very important album for a small amount of people that's what i said in the article i said it might not sell a million records it might not go down as a classic in kanye's discography but that's Mm. okay the people that it needed to touch, I guarantee you it touched. And hopefully it opens up a little bit of a market for rappers to be more vulnerable because hip-hop is traditionally a very ego and power-driven genre. And that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. Capitalism uh, kind of drags us into this this ego 
hierarchical structure. So, and I understand it, but it also makes vulnerability very difficult. And so hopefully with Kanye doing this, um, it just opens up a little bit of breathing space for this kind of subject matter. Yeah, um, well said. Uh, It actually makes me think about... um actually makes me think about Kid Cudi more often more more than more than anything to be honest because when i when i when i think of you know those kind of those kind of uh, pieces of music i usually think of Kid Cudi first because i feel like he was the first one to i don't know i don't know how to categorize it but you know i think i feel like he was like the first one to not say make it okay is that the phrase i'm looking for you know just um just kind of make it i guess more prevalent than it than it than it was cuz obviously you know there have been uh you know tracks here and there in the maybe the 90s and maybe the 2000s maybe there was maybe there was an album here and there but, well there was just this is there was definitely DMX i'm not you know DMX was speaking heavily on good mental show. health and there was also Eminem on his first album with things like Rock Bottom and um, If I Good Had. Show. So, yeah, there has there has been... Uh, but again, like the, the point I made in that article, I think I made it in the Kid See Ghost one or the, the Kanye one was, um, as you say, like these are uh, kind of anomalies or outliers or there were single songs on mm. big albums. So, yeah, I think you're right. Continue with your King Cudi point because I think that's a great point. Yeah, just... Um... Yeah, just talking about that, and then obviously there was, like you said, a good point, talking about there's you know, some songs here and there in the past that have referenced these kind of subject matters, but I think Kid Cudi made it a real, a real inviting, uh, a real inviting subject to actually talk about, because, you know, we all know what hip-hop has been majority-wise in talking about, you know, a lot of bravado and braggadocio and dick-swinging, mm. to be completely, to put it very loosely. <laughs> it's been a lot of that yeah. in, 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 the year, in the in the decades that it's lived. But, I'm, but I know, but whenever I have, you know, I haven't heard Cuddy's discography, you know, um, as comprehensively as, mo- as, most, as most fans of his, but I, every time I do, I recognise that. I recognise that's a important part of it in his, in his, you know, in what he, what he wants to talk about. Because at the end of the day, this is what they want to talk about. Yeah. And even, even saying that, I do kind of wonder sometimes how many, <clears throat> how many artists, you know, from back, back, back in the day, from the golden age or whatever had the opportunity to talk about what they wanted to talk about if or even if they couldn't find a way to talk about it you know what i mean it kind of that kind of brings me to that point where i'm just like you know even though it's great that it's a thing now and the great that is prevalent now and hopefully it is for you know hopefully there's always an avenue for it hopefully there's always a piece of the pie for it uh, for these subject matters but i always wonder uh, from how many how many of those eyes from back in the day that used to you know dick swing for most for the most part how many of them were just literally doing that just dick swinging and not taking account for the 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 worst part of themselves that they just let they just you know 
shoved down into the deeper depths of their mind because I feel because obviously there's a lot of people that do that you know there's a lot of people that the um the, the keep it they keep inside and they don't know how to <coughs> they don't know how to i guess um let it out putting it putting it loosely you know a little bit a little bit of thing about me the lowest point i've been in my life you know from recent years anyway it was like uh when i was in uh i was about 17 ish yeah i think about around about 17 16 ish and at that point i was very uh, had a lot of problems with my <coughs> a lot of problems with my skin, and that really brought my morale down. Like really, just I was just really low at that point. And I'm trying to think of what music I was listening to at that point. I think it was stuff like um, there was a mixtape artist I used to listen to called XV who used to. Ah oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, you know no XV? XV. Oh, no XV. God, that's so great. That's like you're literally like the first person I know that. We'll probably listen to it at the same time, to be honest, because yeah, I was listening to it around that time as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So he really, he really, you know, got me through a point where it was just. Uh, I've never been in a dark position, and I don't, and I don't actually think it's the darkest that anyone has been. I don't like to think of it like that as as quote unquote depression. But it was a very low self, low morale kind of thing, a very yeah. low self-esteem kind of point, where I just felt very self-conscious and my skin was just yuck. Was, yeah, I don't want to get into details, but it was yuck. And um, yeah, his his music actually, in a way, focused me. Mm. It really focused me into what I wanted to do, and obviously, in that point, I was kind of I needed to focus in general. But like, just to, from a morale standpoint, from a self-esteem standpoint, it was very it was something that. Uh, something that was very necessary and I'm kind of and I was I'm always forever glad that I can that I found his music above everybody else's because it was obviously he's obviously a, a mixtape pies putting it simply and you know it hasn't hasn't had much recently so you know it's kind of, on that point it's kind of unfortunate but yeah bringing back to Kid Cudi I think it was kind of um there's there's always I think everyone has those moments and I think out of most eyes that Kid Cudi is the one where you know loads of I, I can't i couldn't fathom how many people you know have listened to someone like kit cuddy who basically brought it out into the mainstream not first but you know brought it out in the mainstream for um in the bet in the best way in the in the most positive way i guess and and made it and made it worth talking about maybe we don't know maybe you know obviously uh, kanye was a regular collaborator with cuddy and and obviously did he sign him I think he signed him. Uh, huh. I don't know if Cuddy was ever signed to good music. I think he might have been, but I, I'm pretty yeah, in, sure he's in, not. In, in, some, in some form of fashion. Anyway, they, they collaborated, obviously, before um, in the beginning of career. Maybe maybe Cuddy had that influence on Kanye at some point to, you know, to say, this is cool. This is cool to talk about. Like, you can you can do this kind of thing. So that's always something I try and think, uh, that I always think about, especially when it comes to someone like uh, someone like Cuddy. Yeah, 100%. I think Cuddy was instrumental. I, don't quote me on this, but I think 808s, a lot of people say that Cuddy and Kanye came up with that together. I guess KSG, Kids See Ghost, came out at a very opportune time for that collaboration to actually happen because Kanye was already in that headspace on Yay. And then I've got, because I, I, I obviously wrote the article on KSG, so I ran the numbers and you know, kids see ghosts. Seventy-seven point four percent of that, the lyrical content on that album is mental health related. That's mm. epic. Like, if you think mm. about um, "Eagle" by Tyler, now we, we can talk about Tyler a little bit 
later because he speaks on mental illness heaps in his music. But Igor, which just dropped, if anyone's listened to it, you'll know it's a relationship album. And that's only 70%. Only 70% of Tyler's <coughs> lyrics are about relationships. Yet 77.4% of Kids See Ghosts is about uh, mental health, which is a lot. Uh, Passion, Pain, Demon Slaying, which was his, I think it was 2016, Cuddy's album. Might have been. 20, yeah, something like if, that. Yeah, good album. That was, that was a double album. Um, that was 28.8%, which is huge as well. So... Yeah, Cuddy for sure. Cuddy, Cuddy, the way that he has tracked his way out of a real sunken place into a, a risen, kind of aware, understanding place is really incredible. And like circling back to that point you made about rappers back in the day, I think that's why, to me, Ye was so important because maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe they were experiencing these kind of and obviously as as time's gone on in the last 20 years just in society in general it's become more uh socially acceptable might be the right word to talk about your mental health issues Mm -hmm. it's certainly been encouraged so back back then in the 80s and 90s i'm not sure it was uh very encouraged to talk about this stuff and again there might be rappers that we're missing like obviously we don't have you know every lyric from every rapper so there might have been rappers and Maybe if someone knows of some, they can uh, at me in the mentions so I can run some numbers on them uh, who were speaking on mental health. But certainly the, the big albums I was listening to, there was like basically 0% mention of, of mental health issues. And I still do class addiction as a mental health issue uh, when, I, when I run through numbers on albums. And even back then, you know, addiction wasn't, people weren't really speaking on addiction that much. So maybe yeah. that's the case, as you say, like, and that's why I think yay is important because someone, and, and we, I used this quote the other day about Jay-Z saying that Kanye runs over the hill, gets hit by all the arrows and he runs back. And he's like, man, there's a lot of them over there. And I really felt <laughs> yeah. like Kanye was doing it again on yay. And hopefully it does open up a space for rappers to be a little more vulnerable on wax because if Kanye's done it, you know, Kanye, you can say what you want about him, but... He's a massive hip hop artist. He might go down as one of the greatest hip hop artists of all time. I think he should. And so for him to do that, uh, is yeah, it's brave. It's very brave. Yeah. Um. On the on the note, uh, Patrick playing Demon Slayer, twenty sixteen December. So yeah, you're a crack. Okay. On that. Yeah. Um. That's a good album. Yeah. I, I. 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 But also on a you know on a more. Um, uh, what's the word? Hypothetical. Um, maybe, you know, the the artists back in the day used that uh, talking, used that storytelling that I, you know, that I relate, the rise that I related to, and you know, take in a lot. Maybe that was their therapy. You know, music is therapy after all, in, in most in most fashions. Maybe 100%. them putting these things on wax and obviously uh, putting them over in a way that didn't seem like a cry for help, <laughs> which, uh, which some people can, can see that as, oh, it's just cry for help kind of thing, you know, is, is the obviously negative attitude is maybe something that they put in a, put in a different way. They just told the story and, and, uh, you know, uh, labeled it as something different that is not mental health. They just said that 
this is happening. You know, they they didn't say how they felt about it. They just said this is happening. So maybe that was their therapy. I don't don't obviously there's more speculation than anything. But um, you know, just uh, off you off you saying that it's just a something yeah, I I, like uh, felt like I'm I'm hyper aware that every freaking podcast I come up with some quote from Jay Z. But look, I'm a Jay Z like <laughs> diehard. But he has. I mean, I'm not even trying. You just do it. So I'm just like, I'll let you cook. <laughs> I'm all over it. I, there's, look, there's only one person in the world who knows more about Jay-Z than me, and that's Ain't No Jigger. Who, <laughs> I don't know. If, everyone probably knows Ain't No Jigger by now. Yeah, like, shout out, shout out. Elite absolute, elite. absolute legend. Yeah, uh, but Jay-Z, Jay-Z said, I think, uh, I forget who, maybe it was Letterman who was interviewing, but he said this multiple times. He said this to Oprah even, I think. Uh, Have you ever seen a psychologist? And he, he does see a psychologist, or he has seen one in later mm. years. But at mm. the time, around 2009, 2010, when he was speaking on this, he's like, "Music's my therapy. I'm the. Yeah. This is how I get out what I'm what I'm thinking about and what I'm feeling. Is like I put it on yeah. wax, and there's a lot of deep hidden messages in in that kind of music and a lot of pain behind a lot of his early stuff. And so, if you listen to his first album, like you just go through regrets, like you just listen to regrets and you just just wow. And even you know, there's some stuff on Nas's on Illmatic and. Yeah. Again, like it, it, it's hidden. It, as you say, it's hidden away in other areas, or it might be a throwaway line, or it yeah. might be like a couple of bars. But that couple of bars is like really, really important, and maybe yeah, that's exactly. why we're missing it. You know, and it, it like I, I totally get the whole, uh, just maybe distraction or or thinking about something else. Like when I was at my worst with anxiety. Uh, the song that actually got me through it, amazingly, was Yuck by 2 Chains. I don't know if anyone's heard <laughs> okay. that song. But, like, it's just, like, the most, um, I don't know what the right term is, but it's peak, Lil Wayne is on the hook. It's peak Lil Wayne at his most, um, I don't know, just random and, like, completely <laughs> not related to mental health at all. But I just right. pumped it. I pumped it every day really loud for about two months and it really got me through it because it just took my mind off it because it was just so inane and so yeah. pointless and so random. So maybe yeah. that is another way that that artists are getting out their kind of issues that they're having with mental health um, because we're not hearing it super explicitly in the music. And the numbers do back that up. Like I went through uh, every – so after Kanye dropped, I wanted to go through every single number one album across genres since – uh, from 2017 until Kanye's drop in June or yeah June 2018, yeah. I didn't fully get there. I got through 44, but it's hard going through every single song on every single album. Like it's yeah, a long time. I can imagine. <laughs> but basically, like the numbers are super low. Uh, in total, four percent of the lyrics on those 44 albums are about mental health issues, mm. uh, which is. Yeah, it's super low. Like Brockhampton was high with Iridescence. That was 19%. Uh, mm-hmm. Arcade Fires, everything now was 15.3. The highest was brand new Science Fiction, which is rock album, 21.5. XXX Tentacion's Skins was 21.4%. Um, in terms of a genre breakdown, uh, again, like hip hop was 6.9% of the lyrics of the albums that I looked at. The rock was ten point two percent, but they're they're low. They're low. So, I guess the the point of that is, it's not very prevalent. It's not very prevalent, and so 
But it, it's the other point I wanted to make statistically was how big this issue is in both Australia and North America. So in Australia, suicide is the leading cause of death for Australians, both genders, between 15 and 44 years of age. Like it's the leading cause of death. Um, In North America, 123 suicides a day. It's the 10th leading cause of death. Suicide, there were were double the amount of suicides in America in 2016 than there were homicides. Yeah. Like... We all talk about the murder rate in America, double it, and that's suicide. And so I, this is something I've been fighting you know, for a long time for people to recognize mental health is a real issue. I kind of came into this podcast really downtrodden because we actually had a federal election just recently uh, on the weekend in I Australia. I meant to ask about that at the start of the show, but I forgot. I'll tell you what, man. Like, we were... We were just absolutely shell-shocked and devastated at the result because the winners, you know, the Liberal Party, Liberal, take that with a grain of salt. They're like the most conservative party, uh, major party in the country, like ultra-conservative. They don't believe in climate change. Let's put it that way. They don't think climate change is real. So they believe in coal. And one of the things that they've done, we have a national disability insurance scheme in this country, which is set up to help people with uh, mental and physical disabilities. And they cut the funding. They cut $6 billion from it so that they could get the budget back to surplus, which Hmm. doesn't make any economic sense. Anyone who's ever studied economics will understand that you don't need to be in surplus. Like, deficit is fine, especially if it's small, which Australia's was. But, yeah, in this country, mental health is not treated highly at all. It's basically not treated as an illness. People don't, you know, if you want to get any kind of benefits for it, you've got to fight for years and if you want you know your employer to recognize it you need to have an employer who's understanding rather than most most employers like personally i lost two jobs back in 2012 because of mental health issues like when i was changing meds couldn't work lost the jobs so the point i'm trying to make is even though this is a massive issue you know leading cause of death 10th leading cause of death in america you know double the homicide rate it's, it's an unspoken issue on the whole. And again, I don't want to keep saying circling back, but uh, man, coming back to that Yeah album, that shit was pivotal for me, I think. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's an important album. Yeah. Uh, I think, Joel, um, just to... Well, well said on that. And uh, just to continue with the statistic point, um, I'll, just wanna, I'll give you some UK numbers just to be okay. full circle yep. with it. Uh, 2017, 5,821 uh, 5, suicides, recorded in the Great Britain, 75 of male, 25 of uh, female. Yeah. Between 2003 and 2013, 18,220 uh, 18, people, uh, yeah. men health problems took their life. Most common cause of death for men aged 20 to 49 uh, in England and Wales, 1 in 15 have made an attempt uh, in their life. So, That's yeah, amazing, like you said, man. you know, in... I mean, I mean, in most cases, I think probably in most cases of the world, especially the first world anyway, <clears throat> suicide is something that is genuine. And, you know, I'm kind of glad that we are talking about this in, in a, you know, obviously it's a music podcast and don't want to get political and all this stuff. But, you know, it's, it's something that is always, it's something that is always reg- relevant. Uh, revel- relevant. Fuck, relevant. can't speak today. Relevant. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, bringing it back to music, I think it's... Um, it's also something that I, you know, 
I, I kind of realized this sometimes in my you know my in my studies of film that the film and also in you know any part of the arts you know you can give any you know painting or sculpting or as we're talking about hip hop and music it's also a form of escapism so it might be like that it might be a form of escape uh, escapism for you know the listener but it can also be that for the for the artist yeah know? totally so, you totally. know go, circling back to what we were talking about you know just um how maybe you know uh, uh, artists from the golden age didn't talk about mental health so you know so uh, openly in terms of you know especially compared to now but maybe it was a again speculation again yeah you know, just want to say that that's right maybe yeah. it was a form of a form of just escapism to but then again they talked about what they were talking they bought they talked about what was going on from for most of them especially for someone like nas for example doing ilmatic obviously those were those were wrote those bars were wrote over a, a, i think a four year four year period so and obviously they were very they're very picture painting of what went on down in Queensbridge. So it's kind of a, from that point, from that perspective, it's more like a, from the, from a narration perspective. It's not, it's nothing that is from a, you know, this is what I'm seeing and this is how I'm feeling about it. It's kind of a, let me paint you a picture. This is uh, just, he's like standing in front of a camera going, this is this behind me. And this is what's going on. So you know, it, it, it's fine that it's like that. It's fine that you put it like that. And you know, it's not. It's again, this is nothing that is have to. You know, this is not like a plea for everyone to uh, you know just to 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 basically talk about themselves because you know they don't have don't have to. So it's, it's up to you. You're an artist. You talk you talk about what you want to talk about. But yeah. I I really find that is you know everyone has their have their ways of escapism and you know for me sometimes i <laughs> my way of escaping in terms of hip-hop music is kind of just um is always stuff that doesn't relate to me you know it's just it's sometimes that sometimes that works sometimes sometimes it doesn't sometimes i have to go something that's completely just um talking about something i really care about or whatever you know i listen i went to see a kuvanaru yesterday in London, and you know, she talks about. She said at the end of her show, the music is very political, even though most of the show was very, you know, inviting and intimate, and you know, everyone jumping and dancing and stuff. And it was, and the crowd was very, very diverse. A lot of interracial couples. I was very, uh, very uh, 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 thrown aback by that. I didn't see that coming, but, um, but um, yeah, it's, it's it's always something that is. Um, Whoever you are and whatever you're listening to, you know, you're listening to it for a reason. And whether it relates to you or not is up to you, you know. Mm. But I think I think what we're getting at here and, you know, I'll, I'll finish off on this. The fact that there are eyes now that can talk about mental health is good, obviously. It's also something that is, that can be for someone not for me personally, but also for, for, you know, for someone like you, for example, that has gone through those battles and has gone through those, you know, times of complete, you know, um, into the unknown kind of thing, <clears throat> into the into the woods kind of thing. You know, everyone has everyone has their own and they can and they can finally have some there are some artists for them that that can talk about what they're talking about. It's just a I think it's just another great um extension and another great branch into what hip-hop can 
has has become in terms if we're you know using tree imagery you know there are branches for you know conscious which i which i very much enjoy there's the branches for storytelling there's loads of branches for those you know there's branches for mental health and you know and talking about you know stuff that uh, like we statistically have put matters so um yeah yeah 100 percent. that's um i just had a few thoughts like i think you summed it up incredibly well and if we go back to last week's podcast where we were talking about artists creating art and being aware as listeners and allowing artists to create the art that they want yep. and not forcing it like 1000 percent, you know no one is under any obligation to talk about anything in their music i've spoken previously on this podcast about when i get a little bit frustrated with big artists not speaking on maybe political issues or not using their platform to talk about specific things now I understand that that can come into conflict with me saying right now artists just create the art they want. Um, <laughs> yeah. But but what I really what I really mean by that because like what I'm, I'm looking at this data set is sitting in front of me and like Taylor Swift's reputation is sitting at the very top right of, at zero percent, which is fine. I'm not saying that Taylor Swift should be talking about mental health issues, but pop artists I think uh, maybe make pop music that maybe is not as much from the soul i'm not 100 percent sure and i do wish that artists with a big platform would speak more on political issues i mean you know drake i don't, I don't know if drake should but it would be nice if he did no, don't go down that road <laughs> but Please. We, that, that Please. we can go we can get into that on another podcast because i definitely got those numbers and oh my god did i get roasted on twitter for them oh, oh. dear no, that my would be a very face, one-sided conversation. Honestly. My face was all scratched up from getting dragged all day. I was no just point. dragged all around the world that day. No point, man. No point. Okay, but what, what I want to say on this is mental health is an incredibly personal topic and no yeah. one should be under any obligation to talk about it in their music. I'm not, I, I never want to advocate for that. If you don't want to talk about and it in life in general, it is yeah. entirely your decision. So if you're sitting there as a listener going or someone suffering from mental health or an artist thinking, should I talk about it more? Just do whatever you want, okay? You do not have to talk about it. If if you know, you're know you suffering from it and you're not telling your friends about it, Like I would always encourage you to talk about it with people you trust and care about and to see a psychologist and get help. But yeah. you don't have to broadcast to the world that you're suffering from something. You know, I'm just really glad that Kanye did it. And you're right, music is a great distraction sometimes and... We don't know what artists are going through. We really don't. And so, yeah, no artist is under any uh, obligation to, to talk about this. It's just um, it's just beautiful that someone did. And exactly what you said with regards to hip-hop being such a diverse genre and it's just another branch that some of us can venture out upon sometimes when we feel the need. And it's yep. there. You know, it's there now. And that's what I said in that Kanye article. Is like no one can take that album away now. No one can... No one can remove that album from us. I've got it on vinyl. I've got it on hard copy. So if I ever want to do do want to venture out onto that branch, and anyone around me ever wants to who likes hip hop and not feeling super connected, or they're having a down day and they just need to feel a little bit of empathy and a little bit of connectiveness with someone else, especially someone mm -hmm. as prominent as Kanye, mm -hmm. the album the album is there for them to listen to. But it, it doesn't mean that everyone else has to listen to it, or they have to enjoy it, or they have to create art in that realm it's just really really nice that that album exists and now hopefully it opens a door 
for artists who maybe felt like they couldn't talk about it before or people who felt like they couldn't talk about it before but they wanted to. That's the key. If you want to talk about it, you know, there's people out there that are going to listen to you and now you have an album that makes you feel maybe a little less lonely in the world. And that's, that is, I say powerful a lot. Like I've counted all this crap up on the podcast of our various catchphrases and I do say powerful a lot. But that is powerful. Making people feel less alone while they're going through something as lonely as mental illness is powerful. So I just, yeah, thank you, Kanye, for that. Well said. Well said. Should we get to the lighter note? I've, uh, I could just feel the tension of you just sitting there like, Ben, <laughs> hurry up, bruh. I got some stuff I want to get off. <laughs> All right, come on, man. Hit me with it. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm <laughs> no, ready don't to act. go. Don't, 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 say, don't say that. I'm, so, I'm, not, wait, I'm not waiting for you to finish. <laughs> I'm joking with you. I'm joking with you. <laughs> I'm ready, but I'm I've I've prepared myself. I'm ready. <laughs> Alright, um, fuck DJ Khaled's guys. Sorry, I'm serious. Like you, you, I, I can't deal with this. So okay, here you we know, go. Here you, we go. You, you, you said you said um, I couldn't find it. I can't find it on Twitter. But like, I swear, I swear, you said like he's he. You put the words hard and working. Uh, oh, in, go, in, yeah. in context to DJ Khaled, right. and I just have to stop you right there, sir. I have to stop you right there because I I can't I can't fathom how anyone finds finds DJ Khaled even remotely. Uh, I, I don't I don't know I don't know the word to describe it, but I cannot stand this guy. I I cannot stand this guy. You know the Snapchat <laughs> shit was the Snapchat shit is way back in way back in the view. I don't care anymore. I never cared. You know, you guys found it funny, and some people, some people, for some reason, were uh, inspired by that. I, 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 I can't, it's not it, Chief. I've just got to text him, Chief. He didn't say it's it. He said it's not it. Anyway, uh, with this album drop in, they dropped recently, uh, Father Assad. I was just, I was just looking at this track list, and I can't, I can't stand it. I can't stand this guy. <laughs> Who, 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 Ben? Ask me, ask me this question. Who, who is who? Who say who says in their right mind? Oh, you know what? I can't wait for that Khaled album to drop. Uh, Nobody says that. Nobody says says that. Let me ask you that question. Nobody says that. Nobody says that. Okay, this guy is an ultimate finesse. Like this is actually, and this is kind of why I I respect him in some fashion because he's actually made this into a career of being like a boxing promoter in some form of fashion. He he gets a great card. Like you see the track list, you're like, oh, scissors on there. Oh, Big Sean's on there. Oh, Lil Wayne's on there. You know, he gets their fans to go listen to his album, and I find that actually so fascinating. It's genius. But I'm not one of those people. I'm sorry. I listen listen to Major Key. I listen to Major Key. I listen to it for the Kendrick. I I listen to it for the Nas album done. And and while I enjoyed Nas album done, Uh. I, I I can't stand the fact that his name is on it. I just can't stand it. It's not even. It's not even his. It's not even his. It, when I see a DJ Khaled song, I'm just like, okay, who's featured? Okay, that's their song because they they basically make it. He does nothing. He does nothing. He does nothing. I swear, he does nothing. Like he doesn't even produce, man. He do, he barely produces. He can't even do production on his own. Like how 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 has he finessed this career? 
why have people allowed this to happen? This is this is unwritten rules gone mad. This is, these are unwritten rules of hip hop, and I can't stand this guy. I honestly can't friggin' stand him. Like he can't. He he just shouts out his name. He shouts out, "We the best music." We the best music. He's 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 basically a mixtape DJ, but he doesn't even DJ. Like it it doesn't make fucking sense. I'm so I'm going do Lally. I'm going do Lally. Trying to understand this okay. guy, and I can't okay. fathom how he's actually gotten this far. How did you let guys me, allow him to get this far? Let me. <laughs> fuck. I can't okay. Let me, let me throw a couple of numbers at you because I have run numbers on his album. Oh, numbers this don't is, matter here. Numbers this don't is the first. Now. This is the first album he's ever actually produced. Had a production credit on every track. Fucking hell. You. Ju- okay. Go. But only he only has he only has a production credit on forty four percent of his album tracks, right? Now this album he's performed two point eight percent of the words on it. Okay, so oh on his last album it was five point six, I think, and most of those were ad libs. Now, 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 the tw- the tweet the tweet was about the fact that um, where is it? So he's had. Oh, th- God. He's had 13 albums in 13 years, and he's managed to gather 514 feature spots in 13 years. Like, look, no, I agree with you. Look, I I don't really know. No one knows what what Carla does. When I posted those tweets last year about Major Key, I was like, guys, what does this guy do? And everyone was like, I don't know. And it's a it's like a, a long running theme, but but I have to say, you know, there are artists out there like DJ Clue, like Funk Flex. You know, this was this was a big, um, you know, the whole Avengers Assemble kind of lineup. What I will say against, <coughs> sorry, DJ Khaled, and for artists like DJ Clue, when Clue got you on a track. You were trying to beat everyone on the album. Like, you were spitting as absolutely heavy as you could if you're on a clue tape. Now, uh-huh. uh, man, the, the, the way that these artists are giving these performances on these, these Khaled albums is like, it's like 5% of their ability. It's, it, it, uh, only a couple thing. of verses Wait. have ever, like, Holy Key with Kendrick. I, that verse stuck out to me as being good from Kendrick. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm on one with Drake and uh, Wayne. Brown paper bag with Wayne. We taken over with Ti, Rick Ross, Fat Joe. That was fire. But outside of that, look, I haven't even listened to the album. Let's put it that way. And look at that. Tr- look at the track list, man. Like there's freaking Cardi B, Travis Scott, Twenty One Savage, Big Sean, Little Wayne, Little Baby. I hate Little Baby. Meek Mill, <laughs> um, Nipsey's on there, Nas is on there, Rick Ross is on there, Jay-Z is on there, Jay-Z is on there. I have not listened to the album. So, I'm feeling you. I I don't understand. I, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. That was my point in that I said that no one works as hard as Khaled behind the scenes. They No one can. Like, I don't know what he's doing, because we don't know what he's doing in front of the scenes. So what's he doing behind the scenes? Beats me, bro. Beats me. And believe it or not, I'm about to defend Drake on one thing right here. Just, even, you remember, remember like a, like a year ago, where there was those memes about, um, 
about Drake uh, having OVO producers make make shit for him, but then when they want to do something, like he just shuts the door on them basically and just yeah. doesn't give them any promotion. I can't. I kind of see it like this. Like who? I need to. I need to know DJ Khaled's team of producers because he does have a team of producers. He does. Like mm. this is it. This is it. He has. He has a team behind him, and he just and they just do the work, and then he just slaps his name on it, and then ruins the track by shining his fucking name. I can't stand this guy so much. Literally, he's like. He's like that. You know what I hate. You know what I hate. This is. This is. This is very. You know. Uh, relevant to a person that's just gone out of education and who regularly did group projects with people uh, in the in the media and film space uh, <clears throat> he you. is that guy he is that He's guy who's what guy that guy you know what i've got i'm talking about he is that guy that did that none guy. of the work and still had his name on the fucking powerpoint presentation i can't stand that guy you if if, if <laughs> you know what i know these people i've worked with these people and I call them DJ Khaled people from now on. I'm going to call them <laughs> DJ Khaled people from now on. This is it. Like, well, you guys are Webster's. DJ Khaled people. You're I DJ can't stand Khaled. you lot. You guys know who you are. You are scum. <laughs> you are scum. You are scum but to the, the education space. The crazy thing about it is that clearly the music industry does not feel this way. The fans do. There's a lot of hate. There was so much hate on my tweets about Khaled. But, I mean, behind the scenes... I don't know. They obviously don't like. Jay, he's Nas, got Jay Z and Beyonce. Nas just posts about him. I'm like Nas, bro. Why? <laughs> you got Jay Z and Beyonce on two on songs. No one can get Jay Z and Beyonce on songs. How did he do that? He's a bo- he's Don King, bro. He's Don King. He's a boxing promoter. He gets a great card, and they just get they just get the job done. I, and I just hate the fact that he slaps his name on it. Like it doesn't. <sighs> that's it that's it it's just I can't stand this dude of like how he is who goes to who's gonna go to like um who goes to like a a, a, a festival and then DJ Khaled's head, headlining they you know what they're gonna go for they're gonna go and probably get finesse to the fact that he they oh maybe these maybe this artist will come we know they won't it'll just be DJ Khaled just walking across the stage he does that <laughs> and I've to be honest it. and to be honest if you pay for that then you're the idiot. You're hustling backwards. I, I will. I will say that. So you know, if you if you cop a ticket to see DJ Khaled, and you think <laughs> these artists are going to come through like they did in SNL recently, good luck. <laughs> good luck. Oh. Actually, one more thing, and I'll finish. One more thing, actually, just one more okay, thing. Okay. Okay. I have heard one song off the album. Okay. And the fact that hear? he butchered, and the fact that he butchered that Miss Jackson beat, he should be jailed. He should oh, be in what? jail. Whoa, 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 hold up. I've not listened to the album. What are you talking uh, is, about? Is it, uh, I know Scissor's on the track, so it's that one. The one with Scissor on it. Just Miss Jackson is the beat. He flips it. It's no, clearly Miss Jackson, no, and he butchers no. it, and I can't oh. stand it. I heard it a little bit. I was like, what is this shit? Do not tell me he's done this. Oh, I'm, I'm, you won't believe okay, As we speak, I'm officially f- filing a subpoena uh, to extradite DJ Khaled to the UK so I can jail him on the basis of butchering a classic i'm done well I'm done. according to genius he's the only producer listed on that song so the only person wow plays <laughs> man i haven't listened to the song yet so wow. i'm gonna be super dude did <laughs> you, did track. you... so G- genius has these question and answer section right um and the question is is this the first time these artists work together yes scissor commented that she waited 15 years to work with Khaled. 
Scissor I've stop. waited for this. I've waited for this man to scream Scissor. over my voice for fifteen Scissor. years. Scissor, Miss Rowe, stop, stop this, please stop. I know, I know Jeez. you, I know you, I know, I know you like to be that kind, that person, but stop, stop. No, nobody, nobody waits fifteen years to hop wow. on a DJ Khaled record. <laughs> I'm fucking sorry, you are severely mistaken. I'm that scared is to listen. Severely wrong. I can't. I, I'm not gonna take that. I can't take that. No, I have to. No. I have to. I have to shout out one person, and then I have to ask you one question. Firstly, I have to shout out Bethany, who thought that Scissor was a man. Um, <laughs> oof! Oh, oof! <laughs> so, sorry, Bethany, for that. But um, also, what, just from the name, or did she see her and then like? Uh we were listening to uh, the Kendrick Lamar song, and I uh, all the stars. Uh, okay. And we were watching the video, and I forget what the context was, but she said, oh, maybe we could go see that guy Scissor when he comes to... She said SZA originally, <laughs> when he comes to Australia, and I'm like, no, 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 no. But that's okay, that's okay. Look, it's okay to be wrong, and it's okay yeah, to we'll ask questions. We'll let that go, we'll you let can't, that go. If you can't learn if you don't ask questions, so I have to ask you this. I have a friend that this. says six lakh. Okay, all right. Well, yep, you've got, you know, it happens. But the, the question I have to ask, because I have a friend, Alex, who she was curious about what the word finesse means. And it's, um, you know, she's a, her native tongue is French. So it was okay. hard for me to explain, I guess, what <laughs> finesse means, because it doesn't really mean that. I don't know if that's a slang term or a different meaning. But maybe in this instance, you using DJ Khaled, you can explain to us what finesse means. So I'll hop on, I'll, I'll rely on my... Uh, go-to source for all slang, uh, which is Urban Dictionary. So if okay. you have any friends that need that need explaining, Urban Dictionary is usually the go-to place. So I just typed up finesse. Finesse is getting something taken from you in a slick way, and they have a sentence to uh, uh, to uh, describe it. When your teacher collects money for a pizza party and doesn't show up the next day, that would mean you got finessed. Ah, you did. So, so DJ so... Khaled officially officially has finessed. At least an hour of hour of my life. So well done, DJ Khaled. Thank you very much. Far out, man. That's an hour you're never going to get back either. That was an hour I'll never get back. But you know what? At least it ain't as bad as Walking Dead. But that's for another day. So oh, I guess man. we can end the show on that. All right. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's. I I'm, feel I'm so happy much better. With that ending. I'm, I'm I can glad. sleep I'm glad tonight. You got that off your chest, Charlie. I can I'm sleep really tonight. I'm going to feel chest. so good sleeping tonight. Honestly, like so now that I've got that off my chest, that has been there since Father Assad dropped. I'll be like. I need to get that heat oh, off because DJ Khaled. Every every time he drops a project, I'm just like, I can't stand you, bro. <laughs> you are well, a scourge. I, you are a scourge on my life. <laughs> I'm glad that you've gotten the opportunity to get off your chest and gave me a serious laugh. So thank you for the endorphins. <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay. 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 <clears throat> in in all in all in all uh, in all realness, this has actually been one of my favorite episodes. I feel like this is a uh, We've gone, yeah. we've gone a lot. We've gone a lot done today, and uh, uh, it's always it's always good talking about a subject that is you know relevant, not just in music but in life in general. So uh, you know, just to just to, just to say that is uh, a very rewarding episode for me, and I hope so for you as well, Ben. Absolutely, a one hundred percent. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Oh, good, good. And I'm, I'm, I hope I hope the audience feels the same. And on that note, we shall leave it there. Uh, I've been Charlie Taylor. I've been Ben Carter of Hip Hop Numbers. Oh, oh, okay. 
Oh, I slipped that in there, sorry. I've been trying to for, for the fifth element. There, yeah, go and plug it, go and with, plug if it out. If we're doing that, kill it, okay. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, hope, hope, hope right. everybody's enjoyed the episode. We shall see you next episode next week. Take it easy, ladies and gentlemen. Alright, peace. Digging in the Digits is produced by me and Ben Carter. The show is edited by me. Music for the show, piece from video games, by bonus points. Thanks to Chill Hop Records for the ability to use. Socials for the fifth element, hip hop by numbers, bonus points, and Chill Hop Records will be in the description wherever you're listening. This has been a fifth element podcast network and hip hop by numbers collaboration. Thanks for spending time with us, and we shall see you next time on Digging in the Digits.